Alright, take three. Very special episode of the Pool Cleaner Hour, which is still not quite an hour. Uh, we're going to do an Oddities Variety special, and I'm here with very special guest. Are we going with your real name? You can go with my real name. We're going to go with our real name with special guest Mira, and you might hear random noises in the background from various other people. So... <laughs> I just throwing it at the top. All of the people. Alright, so how does it feel to be on, well this will be episode 10 by the time it comes out, because this is three weeks from now, which we might not even be here in three weeks due to... Uh, the aliens have their way. Yeah, um, do you think, well do you think the aliens will be uh, accommodating, or will they go to enslavement? If they know what's good for them, they will go straight to enslavement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no species has any business. We can fuck their shit up. So, I'm so gonna be on the defensive. If they've come, if they come in terms of enslavement, mm. why, uh, why wait till now to allow themselves to be discovered and not just go on the attack from the go? Well, it's not the first if you're gonna talk, you gotta come in here. Continue. They've been scouting us. That's what I think. They have been their their concept of time Mm -hmm. is much more broad than ours because they are centurions. This is a term I just learned earlier. (laughs) Centurions. And so for them, it's not been that long. For us, you know. Well, so even if they age differently, are they? If because you're saying they haven't been here that long, but it's, they've been here long, but not long by their perspective. Is that because their process of time is different, or are they physically travel through time differently? Ooh, their process is different. Okay, that's fair. Which brings us back to the age of consent for having relations <laughs> with an alien. Is it the same? <laughs> Anyone should be having relationships. With aliens. So you're going on the record right now to say that nobody should have relationships with the aliens when they come down. I disagree. I am pro-alien <laughs> fucker, and I am going to interrupt. <laughs> also, I don't think we got to worry about aliens, really. I don't know that they were ever hiding from us. I would probably more likely assume that they were passing by and didn't notice us. And we we saw them, and we were like, "What the fuck? What is that?" And we think it's something special. And to the aliens, it's not. <laughs> it's like driving past like a small a petting zoo house or something. So the the theory that ants don't really know we exist because we're too big for them to process, and are just more forces of nature. That's what I'm gonna go with. They'll help me sleep at night. Like, oh fuck! They're just like, like oh shell. Oh, no, oh, no. It's like Star Trek, like the Prime Directive. I like th- yeah. we like they're getting chewed out by their higher ups. Like, <laughs> you, you have one job. Don't fly by. Make sure it was still there. What you fucking? You got caught. God damn it! <laughs> the mailing's getting written up. Probably somebody getting a call from their Dude, parents. So much. Did you see? They reported on it on their news. Did you not? And he's They're like, not right. And he's like, Mom, just look at the state of the news. No one's going to care. <laughs> and as proven, technically the teenage alien's right. 
And thank God we didn't fuck him because he's a teenage alien going home to his mom getting yelled at by his boss. So. But a lot of people took it very seriously on the internet. <laughs> They're not powerful people among their kind, but they are <laughs> gathering. <laughs> what do they what do they plan to do? These people from the internet, what are they going to do? They're going to learn all the secrets so that all the alien fuckers know what they need to know when oh, the time comes. I see. So, sort of a, a Charles Darwin expedition, but these aliens are sentient. So entirely it's bisexual <laughs> Yes. So... But these are consenting aliens, so would that get them the same as Peeping Tom charges, or they're sentient aliens, I think is what I said. Yeah. 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 So, would these people actually get arrested for <laughs> writing down this possible <laughs> alien revenge porn? You know what? Probably, but they would go down as heroes among their kind. <laughs> that would start an intergalactic war. You already have a fissure. Because somebody just couldn't <laughs> keep their dick and balls to themselves. In real life, arrested on Reddit, a hero. And isn't that just the way? <laughs> and the, uh, you know what? This is probably why aliens don't even notice us. <laughs> because, <laughs> because we're like this. I, it, to be fair, it is a survival Freeze mechanism. up in a ship, just like <laughs> stupid monkeys. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm here. <laughs> We're not even going to waste our time at this planet. Should go. So, have you heard the bird is the of the squirrel stampede of 1822? No. I've given it a Google or two. Yeah. And it's fantastic. <laughs> Do you think it was an actual thing, or as we'll find out, what some people would consider a myth? Mass hysteria? Yeah. I like to think it's a thing. Of I, the squirrels. I, I would... <laughs> cut a bitch to be a fly on the wall of some poor like 1800s housewife who's like minding her own damn business and she looks outside and it's just like flight of the valkyries like, just the, uh, a stampede the scene from uh the first lord of the rings where she calls the water horses yes. <laughs> it's squirrels just come in the, the cornfield start shaking you see birds flopping off in the distance all the animal the crickets have gotten silent and you're just like what's what do you think? You look over and you're like, your 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 china is like tinkling, and you're just like, what is that? the 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 pioneers' china's tinkling. <laughs> well, this was originally considered a county myth, but it was actually proven to be hard fact. When our boy historian David Hayway did a bunch of research, he found first-hand accounts of this unprecedented squirrel migration, and this included this infamous squirrel stampede. So, according to first-hand account by lawyer Augustus Schertz, which is a quality name back when we just <laughs> named people for what they did or had, uh, the squirrels passed through this county from west to east, he said. The number could not be estimated. The time occupied in passing was about two weeks. They destroyed all the corn in the fields they passed <laughs> over, and they could not be turned in their course, but went straight on the route taken. So, even when hitting the... The White River, the squirrel swam right across with zero hesitation, uh, which 
This was back when the White River was. was nice. say, yeah. Can you imagine now they would just die? Like well, if that they, happened, they would hit the river and just like, immediately come out with like extra limbs or like tentacles. It's or like just... I read it and had that knee jerk like, Ugh. Ugh. like, <laughs> but then I was like, oh no, this was back when it was called that. Ah, yes, it yeah. was the White. River. <laughs> yes, it was the White, or <laughs> some other horrible reason. Uh, squirrels, they wiped out the entire cornfield, which obviously in the 1800s would be incredibly devastating. That'd be like a bunch of squirrels just coming in and ripping up your entire year's worth of paychecks all at once. The most common theory is that around this time in history, Indiana was still mostly forests and woodlands. So when people came in and started moving in, basically we did what we did, which is be an invasive species and take everything. So humans destroying a lot of the trees, which would in turn steal hordes of acorns from the squirrels that they normally relied on each year. Uh, so having everything get shifted around and facing their own form of famine, the squirrels not so much retaliated, but more so just assumed the corn was their new thing. So, <laughs> what? No, <laughs> we're so done with acorns. He corn. who walks behind the road provides. <laughs> they immediately become children of the corn. Outlander, <laughs> we have your corn. And um, that's all I got. My squirrel stampede. Because <laughs> I believe that is just a biblical amount of squirrels. Just a biblical amount of squirrels. Tens and thousands of squirrels. Um, there was a thing where I saw they went from all this place up in Hamilton all the way down to Kentucky. Which is like, I totaled it, it was like four hours of driving. <laughs> so they just were like, going through. And then they stopped, and then uh, it happened a few times after that. But uh, it was never in like the tens of thousands, it yeah. was like in the hundreds. And then eventually they just kind of settled and became other people's problems, I guess. <laughs> I, dude, I cannot. That would, I'm scared of squirrels. Yeah. I, I, I used to run, and I can remember like, in town, like, because the squirrels are much braver in town, because there's yeah. tons of people, and, like, you'd, like, run up on one, and they wouldn't move initially. Yeah. And it was just, like, this moment of, like, oh, Because oh, they're just, like, oh, used to no. people. Oh, no. And I hate them. They, they make me so nervous. Like, I'm convinced I'm going to be attacked or mauled by one one of these days. I think, it. I mean, they're sometimes irritable, especially if you have... I mean... Snacks. If you've taken all their property and left them not but the corn. Uh... Ugh. <laughs> so going from squirrel hysteria next we're going to the dancing plague of the 1518 have you heard of this one i had not okay this is a fun one um so in july 1518 so we're going back 300 some years uh there's a german woman named a frau a trophy which i'm going to assume is not the correct way to pronounce that and she began to dance. She was said to be dancing to no music and was completely joyless. She would only stop to sleep and would immediately continue when she woke back up. By the third day, people were like, what's this bitch doing? And they began to gather to watch the spectacle. They condemned her with accusations of restless spirits or demons, as, as you do in the <laughs> 1500s. What else could it be? They're like, God, she has nothing else better to do. This was the original TikTok. <laughs> yes, this is, this is the TikTok of 1518. <laughs> uh, so by the seventh day, she was taken away by the church and was never heard from again. Being the church, they probably tortured and murdered her. Uh, however, back in the city, more than 30 more people had taken to the streets and began 
joyless dancing. These people were said to be in great pain. They danced until their heels bled and their leg muscles tore. Within a month, 400 more people had joined in. They danced until they starved or died of thirst. It was recorded that 15 people were dying every single day. <laughs> Which is just... <laughs> So insane. I lost mm. my husband in the great dance epidemic. <laughs> to the dance. The dance took him. So <clears throat> no one had answers for this because it was like the 1500s. So city officials did what they would do back in the 1500s and they forced them to dance. <laughs> <laughs> they hired drummers and pipers and men would hold on to the dancers as they got tired. The logic was that if they forced them to dance, they eventually wouldn't want to. <laughs> So, that did nothing. And the city officials went the other way. They banned dancing, which also did nothing. Eventually, the dancers were taken to a shrine dedicated to St. Vitus, who is the patron saint of dancers. There, their feet were placed in red shoes, and they were led around a wooden figure of the saint. The red was to represent the color of St. Vitus and his burning feet. It was thought that this would lead God to protect the wearer and stop them from dancing. St. Vitus was also said to protect against lightning strikes, animal attacks, and oversleeping. Which is just very <laughs> random uh, things. I need that man in my life. It's good. It's technically all good insurance. <laughs> the, uh, the plague ended as abruptly as it began in September. And although it was heavily a recorded event, people didn't really want to write down the dancers had that did survive and what they did after. They are just like, well, they were alive. Who cares? Uh, like this was, it was no longer exciting. <laughs> it was like, well, that was weird. I'm going home. <laughs> there were a few theories. Uh, biggest one of this event was naturally mass hysteria. So like the squirrels. Um, and because it was the 1500s and everything sucked ass. So like back then it was just people lost their minds, pulled others into it. Mass hysteria was super common because in these times everything was nightmares. It was just like anything could kill you. <laughs> the uh, and the town that this happened in was Strasbourg, and it was notorious for famines, plagues, and bad luck. So you're just, <laughs> I mean, as a society now, right. we're kind of getting to that point. I one would argue Full TikTok. <laughs> Another theory, and very likely led into the first, is the classic Ergot, which is the prime suspect for a long time in the Salem Witch Trials, which I believe was debunked for Salem, and it was kind of more leaning towards the mass hysteria, but... Can you acquire that drug? Uh, well, it's a parasitic fungus, mm -hmm. so <laughs> you can, uh, uh, it's on wheat, so if you leave your wheat outside, mm-hmm. You could also just get some LSD. Well, what I'm saying is, could they not, like, try and, like, control, recreate that? Because that uh, would be... Yes. Like, could you imagine? Like, <laughs> tripping balls. I mean, just being, like, some poor, innocent yeah. simpleton <laughs> in the 1500s and, like, doing your daily thing and then all of a sudden your shit just is like... Whoa. Well, and this is, like, the scary, like, fire and brimstone Christian era, too. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, it wasn't just, like, going to a standard church study. It was, like, Satan is at your door and he will fuck you. Exactly. So <laughs> Gird your loins. <laughs> just, I want a billboard. And in the, in the, in the village... Have you girded your loins? Gird your loins. Uh, but so the yeah the ergot it's 
it's got something in it that is kind of related to LSD. Um, so it would be a bad time. You just suddenly be nauseous, having abdominal cramps, hallucinations, twitching, and violent jerking, which is exactly what joyless dancing would look like. Um, a lot of historians turn to first-hand accounts of dancing, which does say it looks like joyless jerking and spasming. So it's like it literally could just be people having active seizures. Well, you know, like as I, as a as a as a child on the spectrum who did not know they were on the spectrum. Yeah, I'm not a child anymore. I'm a full-grown adult. Yes. But as a child, I do not have my... children on my show. <laughs> oh, they're forcing me. To be oh here. no, no, God. Um, no, as a child, I stemmed, and what I would do is I would spin. Yeah. For hours. <laughs> and like I would tear my feet up. Or, like I had a sit and spin that I pulled the top off. Yeah. So you, know, you sit on them with your legs crossed and you turn it. Yeah. Well, if you pull the top off, you can sit on your shins oh and you God. can use the you turn on the floor. Oh. And I had these massive calluses and stuff. Oh and I would spend hours like listening to like the same three songs on repeat. <laughs> I terrorized my household. That's and they nice just better. left me alone to do it. They let me shut the door I and they just... like whatever. I think after, like, the second or third day of my child shin dancing, I'd probably be like, we need to, um... No! We need to step in. Nope, none of that. They were just like, whatever keeps you happy. It was just like the uh, city officials. For years! They said, for years. They will force her to do it, and then she well, won't fine. like it. Fine, get on it! <laughs> uh, I can <laughs> so, One of my coworkers... No, I've got to tell you this yo, story. No, please do. You're saying, like, LSD, like, how that fucked up that would be to not realize you were tripping... <laughs> yeah. I had a coworker give another coworker a piece of candy that had the devil's lettuce in it. Oh no! And didn't tell this person. <laughs> you can't like, do that. <laughs> oh my god! This woman, she thought she was dying. Like she went to the hospital. Like it was a whole ordeal. And it was just like, nope, you just ate a weed candy. Man, the the ratio of people that must have come in for getting too high. Especially, like, in our town, which is the college town. <laughs> like, it's gotta be insane. I bet they just look for it, and they're like, just turn around. Just turn, you're done. Like, Here's some water. Like, the fifth one I've seen tonight. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be alright. <laughs> so, we're gonna swing over to Africa. And we're gonna go up a few centuries to 1962. With the Tanganyika laughter epidemic. Which, probably not pronounced right. Uh, so, just to really hit home how truly fragile the human psyche can be when faced with people doing really out-of-character stuff, we're going to talk about this laughter epidemic that lasted several months and temporarily closed down 14 schools. This happened in 1962 in Tanzania, starting with one schoolgirl who was just starting to having wild fits of laughter that would sometimes change to crying. It went so long, it was so maddening, that other people began joining in. So, which I've, I feel like you see now, when like one child's crying, like several others start crying. Yeah. And these are all pretty in similar situations. The computer is yelling at me. <laughs> Sir! <laughs> no, leave me alone! We're doing something. Oh no, what is happening? Chaos. Chaos. Mass hysteria! Alright. Alright. It's done. We're still okay. going. We're yeah. still recording. Haven't broke stride in oh. 20 minutes. We're doing so good. Yes. Um, so, I've had your run time. I'm sweaty. <laughs> uh, so she got the whole crowd going. All the kids are going. She's sent home. She's still laughing. And then it took hold of her family and then went from house to house to the surrounding village. 
Uh, these fits could last up to several hours to a few cases being recorded for 16 days, which is like, that's so, like, could you imagine being like an explorer? Our muscles are just yeah. shredded oh, to death. Like, like, you think, like, did they quit laughing or did they just not have a voice? Right. Uh, so this wasn't joyful laughter. It was like the painful, uncontrollable, like, Joker-style laughter. Yeah. Because after a while, laughing's painful. Like, right. you're saying it does tear everything up. Uh, Christian Himpelman of Texas A&M University is a dude that's been a long time reviewing not only this event, but several like it around the world. There's actually a horrifying amount of laughing epidemics, but this was one of the largest and most documented. But he does a really good job of explaining that this isn't the same as laughter being contagious, like when you're in class and you and your friend can't stop giggling. It's more of your mind panicking and lashing out as a almost survival tactic. It most often would hit a person uh, with no power over their own stress and like their everyday life, and simply just can't come up with like another response. So almost just like that's so terrifying. It is. I'm a, I'm um I'm an inappropriate laugher. So yeah. if things are uncomfortable, I start laughing. Yeah. So my son's terrified of um needles. I mean like blood curdling screaming. He's like one of the kids like you walk into the doctor's office and your parents are like shots don't hurt you'll be fine and then you just hear blood curdling screams in the distance <laughs> yes. and like nurses coming in and that's my child <laughs> and my response when that happens I don't go with them to get shots anymore because it's it's I start laughing. <laughs> hysterically no. I started cackling it's just like that ugly snorting because I was like that as a kid but like I'm so uncomfortable that I that's what happens and then like these nurses are looking at me like I'm a monster it's like four of them are holding on to my kid and he's like ah! and I'm like Whoa. I'm just like choking and oh. and I'm the harder I try and like explain, the, I know, right? Because he doesn't—he's so white compared to me. Yeah. So I probably do look like a stepmom. <laughs> and then it's just like, be like, no, no, you don't understand. I was like this too, and they're just like, mm-hmm. like just the hatefulest looks. Anyway, that's why my son's so dad takes him like that laughter, mm-hmm. but for <laughs> three oh, years. village. Yeah, God, that's oh. horrifying. That should be—it should be like a concept in like any any open world like scary game. Like, even, like, Witcher style. Right. Oh, that's... I want a horror movie like that. Like, instead of, like, Dead Silence, like, some horrific, like... Dead Silence is no longer scary in movies. You gotta change it up. But not in the stupid, like, jamming, loud, banging sound. No, no, no. This needs to be some, like, genuine, like... Three days of laughing. Just horrific. Yeah, and then you die. And then you die. I I need nervous laughter. You have to come in here if you're gonna talk. Join us. I was a nervous laughter, and I, like, fucking hated fighting with my stupid parents. Because, like, they'd always just stare at you and go silent because they didn't have any other points. They couldn't, like, argue with you in a mature way. <laughs> um, and then I would, I would start laughing because I, I was nervous and scared. Uh, and they'd be like, is this funny to you? <laughs> it was not! <laughs> And then that would be a whole fucking thing. And it's like, how is this just, like, not a, a wider known thing at this point? Like, I remember yeah. learning about it in class. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And my my mom was, like, a fucking does psychology things for work. Uh, and it's like, how do you not know? How do you <laughs> I'm not- right here having the nervous laughter. <laughs> 
well, he found out that uh, the most common victims are younger rather than old, female rather than male, and employee rather than supervisor, which is all pretty like, yeah, of course. Uh, it has to express itself bodily. That gives the person a way to say, look, I'm suffering, something is going on, I'm not just depressed or withdrawn, is what he said about it. Uh, it's a desperate plea to help. It's a desperate plea for someone saying, help me, but when you're so stressed, you don't even feel like you can verbalize help me. So it's just the absolute, like, mind break. Uh, Hempelman actually lived in Indiana and explained a similar theme when he was in Lafayette, which is not far from us. Uh, there was workers at a local DMV who were exhibiting respiratory distress to the point that the building was repeatedly shut down. There was a forensic sweep testing for contaminants, but nothing was found, and ultimately the local media reported the case as mass hysteria. He said, it was a terrible work environment. Nobody wanted to work at the DMV. They had particularly bad supervision there, and they just subconsciously found a way out of the situation that they could copy from one another, says Himpleman. It's not as crazy as one would think. And now that we're back in Indiana, our next little bit's going to be some spooky boys. What do you know about Indiana cryptids? Um, I know that my uncle wrote a really good story about a cryptid. That Your uncle did write a good story. <laughs> <So> seriously. <laughs> That was uh, that was a couple months ago. Your uncle wrote a story about a gigantic turtle. It was a 900-pound, 300-year-old turtle, something yep, like and that. It, it decapitated someone. Decapitated a boy. And uh, what was the... the uh, uh, professor, Doctor, um, like flapjacks. No. Doctor, like scuttlebutt or something. Yeah, yeah. It's really stupid. That could easily have been looked up. And, oh. and <laughs> it got shared a bunch, and the DNR had to respond. The DNR had to make an official statement. The coroner had to make an official statement. <laughs> the coroner had to be like, "No, oh. we haven't had any boys decapitated from a turtle." Uh, so, almost unfortunately, it got shut down by being fake because the internet moves fast. But if it oh. didn't, we could have one, like, actually the very first boy I got here, the Beast of Churubusco, which is also a giant turtle. Uh, Oscar, also known as Beast of Busco, became something of a resident Loch Ness monster, with spectators crowding Folk Lake hoping to catch a glimpse. In 1949, over 200 people claimed to have seen Oscar rising out of the water to gobble up ducks laid out as bait. It was allegedly nearly six feet across and estimated to weigh 500 pounds. And I can tell you right now, if a turtle's six feet across, it's going to be way more than 500 pounds. It's going to be like... <laughs> Like, we're going to be reaching, like, the tons. Emaciated. Because that's, like, I mean, that's, like, leatherback turtles. Those things are huge. Yeah. Like, the leather, uh, the big sea turtles. Uh, the media frenzy gave Churubusco the nickname Turtle Town, which we've been to, and they still have a giant sign that says Turtle. We only went there because of Churubusco. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, for years, the local media attracted hunters and spectators, all trying to see, capture, or even kill Oscar. However, no traps were strong enough, and the turtle would always burst through any of them easily before disappearing back into the lake. Uh, some folks and friends tried a 300-foot net, but Oscar supposedly broke that too. They, uh, <laughs> this next one, this, so, <laughs> it's the most Indiana way to try to lure out a giant turtle. They, <laughs> they got a uh, sea turtle, which, how? I want to know. I want to know who sold the boys in Indiana a sea turtle. Uh, they were going to lure in the lake because it thought it'd bring Oscar out with a seductive lady turtle. So <laughs> just like Looney Tunes style, like where it's the turtle, but it's got like the bust. The lashes. <laughs> uh, so 
So they take the sea turtle, they doll it up, I assume do its makeup, give it a wig and spank it, and they dump it into the freshwater pond! So it does not get Oscar bricked up. In fact, it uh, kills it, as it would, because it is a sea turtle. So now there's a dead turtle in the lake that I assume they just didn't remove. Uh, they built periscopes, which naturally would not work in pond water because it's muddy and black. They tried diving suits, but one had a malfunction and the guy almost drowned. <laughs> in a fucking pond! <laughs> just leave! The fact that, like, knowing that the, the, those diving suits were just yeah. those Scooby-Doo-esque, yeah. like, <laughs> yes. you hauled <laughs> all the way out to catch a turtle that doesn't even <laughs> and exist. And you're gonna die. Uh, which would explain, so the second one, they got the diver, and he got stuck. Like, he was waist deep in the mud. They had to, like, lasso him out. <laughs> so, they uh, feel undefeated. They, you know, their masculinity is at stake. Their, their alpha male title has been called into question. They do one last hurrah. They throw a bunch of dynamite at the lake. <laughs> they just throw... Because back in uh, the 60s, you could just go to, like, a hardware store and just buy TNT. Like, you, would, you didn't even have to, you know, there's no 18 or older. You could just go and buy it. So they blew up a whole bunch of stuff in the lake. Uh, couldn't find it, so they drained the entire lake because at this point, obsession had become madness. They never the found the turtle. <laughs> Good lord. Did they fill it back up? Is there a lake? There's just no, uh, no, it's gone. I think, I think it's got absorbed into another lake because we went there. I don't remember what they told us about that lake, but I think it got <laughs> absorbed or it's still drained. But there's a little museum there in the town. Oh. And it's enchanting. It's ran by two old dudes who looked at us when we walked in and was like, why are you here? And when we were like, oh, we're going to learn about the turtle. He was like, what? <laughs> like just, uh, but showed us the uh, a section of the net that had a tear in it oh. uh, from the story there. They had pictures of the Scooby-Doo-esque divers. Um <sighs> They had, lot, they had all the newspaper clippings. It was just this, like, tiny little corner store. The town is covered in turtle statues. There's uh, there's a huge one at the baseball field. It's, like, six feet tall. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, they also have a cafe that is all clown-themed. So That's horrifying. That is quite a turn. It's like a waffle house, uh, but hundreds of clown figurines, clowns painted on the walls, clowns in the bathrooms. It's called the Magic Wand, I think, which doesn't super go with the no? clown or the turtle theme. Isn't that like a sex toy? Like uh, a vibrator? Like? I believe they mean magic wand as in a magician. <laughs> or perhaps oh. perhaps a fairy. Oh. <laughs> oh. It is not the hibachi magic wand cafe of Churubusco. Paul Zindel. Isn't he the author that wrote the very gory we just had a conversation about yeah, him. Yeah, he did like rats and Loch Ness. And he did the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, and remember his whole thing was it was a plesiosaurus. Yeah. And Diana Gabaldon, the author of Outlander, she did the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I know uh, they thought they pulled up like a plesiosaur carcass back in like dial-up internet, like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. There was like that super like two-bit like <laughs> image of a rotting corpse. Right. And they're like, it's a plesiosaur. That's, I... There, that's the we have a rift in time, and when they were like draining it, it was like I'm gonna take my sexy dead little corpse, and we're going back to the past. The, he took the corpse you're putting. I gave it a nice smack, and it probably went to hibernate. Onto this turtle. 
<laughs> I'm taking my sex and turtle course. This is the theme of this podcast it's today. Like the, sex with things you shouldn't. No, just until we know the age of consent of the aliens, we gotta wait. Until then, <laughs> Churro Busco is gonna stay in hiding. Because <laughs> he's like, fuck no. Churro Busco, maybe Beast, maybe Oscar, is the alien. And we all do live on a giant turtle. The aliens are actually just coming out from under the earth from the turtle's belly. Stephen and coming King up was like, <laughs> and around, don't you mention his name I in my house. Right. <laughs> Stephen King. Will never be R.L. Stein. <laughs> Grace this earth. <laughs> what, uh, what you know about mud mermaids? I don't know anything sounds, about them, but I'd love to learn. It sounds very racist. It does. I say it with a microphone in front of me. Tell us how you feel so, about mud mermaids. So, with with the hard M, the mud mermaids. The freeze a monkey. Around 19, 18, around 1891, in the Ohio River, people claimed to see some mermaids. Naturally, being mucky water instead of the ocean, they looked really different, but still had the necessary bare-chested lady torso, so they still got tits. Ooh. And that's really what historians needed us to know. Right. Uh, but they did have dog ears with webbed hands and sharp claws. Oh my god, they're furries! They are kind they of furries! They're furries! They're fursonas! <laughs> they got green translucent skin, and their tails were more like a lizard's than a fish. They also had fr- various reports of being friendly... But also a little life-threatening sometimes. Uh, which, uh, did you know Christopher Columbus probably fucked a manatee? <laughs> a manatee just died at a zoo from being raped by another manatee. I did see that. It was and his own brother, though, so we can back that up. Back that sympathy right up. <laughs> uh, he had a heart attack and died. The zoo got in trouble for it. What, what, what is the zoo supposed to do? They weren't monitoring them close enough. Wait, are they going to dive in and detach them? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe keep the sexually aggressive manatee away. I can tell you at this it, moment, it, if it, my it, boss came up and said, you have to separate those two fucking manatees, and he meant it literally <laughs> as in the fucking manatees, I don't, I don't think I get paid enough. Sir, listen. <laughs> I get to take a personal day. This is above my pay grade. This is some manager shit. <laughs> this is this is manager shit. Um, not mud mermaids. That's for sure. Not with that attitude. <laughs> so, do you believe Christopher Columbus fucked one of these? Oh yeah. The manatee. If Christopher there. Columbus can genocide an entire nation of indigenous <laughs> people, I think fucking a manatee is. <laughs> not like, super high up in <laughs> gross things he probably did. It's telling that these people would see these manatees and say, Behold, a beautiful woman. <laughs> and Christopher Columbus said, Out of the way, boys. Rock hard as the uh, day is long. Jumps into the ocean. And do you think maybe the manatee didn't even know? You think when you have to move the tail out of the way, you'd probably be like, This isn't a human woman. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean. No, not the mud mermaid. So look at, I mean, you've, you've Lord Ergot. 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 Hell of a drug. Yep. Mass hysteria. <laughs> so, Mass um, a Confederate captain from Kentucky by the name of J.M. Ozier claimed to have seen two of the creatures, in which one was a male. He said the male harassed him aggressively, but like he was a Confederate, so who gives a shit? <laughs> 
that's so amazing. Like, you can better it. Like, really? Is it, is it sentient enough to do that? Like, I didn't realize the manatees were... Okay. The manatees were Confederate soldiers. Were they from the White River? Like, mm, Yeah, that's how it got its name. <laughs> racist um, manatees in Indiana. But apparently the... Uh, I read something about where he was like, oh, but the, the male mermaid ran away or something. I was like, okay, so you fucked a fish. <laughs> you don't want to say it. Dude, gay experience. <laughs> there was a story of another lady around the same time who said something with a green-clawed hand tried to pull her into the water. She escaped with mild cuts, but her skin was stained green for weeks, which is more of like, that's a modern White River problem. So... <laughs> There's what never she, been... What year did she claim that? Uh, that was... Did not, I think it said around the same time, so it was back in the 1800s. So there's never been any modern sightings, because of course, uh, sure there's plenty of boys who heard about topless ladies in the rivers, and thoroughly checked those murky deeps, but maybe they just moved on down to the Mississippi and then to the Gulf, whatever it takes. They've migrated. Get out of Indiana. I mean, I get it. to be fair. So, corpse-eating snake, if I say that, does that ring a bell at all? No. Okay. I mean... No? Alright. So, corpse-eating snake. This is up in northern Indiana. Uh, in 1889, which apparently was the raving century of crazy. Right. This was in Lafayette Courier. Uh, no, this was a report made by Lafayette Courier in Oxford, Indiana. And it's mm. home to a gigantic snake that feasted on corpses in the cemetery. The newspaper described it as... A larger snake, measuring 15 feet in length, as large in circumference as a good-sized stovepipe, with eyes of fire adorned with horns underneath 10 fully inch long... The horns are 10 fully inch long. Big horns. Big horns, eyes on fire, big snake. Mm. <laughs> so I looked at them like, well, it's big, but that's not scary enough. Give it, give it Satan eyes. <laughs> scary eyes. Uh, the Hell Serpent was supposedly seen by a dozen or more people, and this included a man with an honest reputation. This man was going to beat the snake to death with a club, but upon seeing its flaming eyes and horns, he turned tail and ran. But, obviously. Would you fight a ten-foot snake? With a, with a stick? No. <laughs> with a stick? <laughs> well, wait, wait, well, if I had a stick. <laughs> it's no. just another situation where it's like, this is a manager's job. Right. I'm not doing um, that. <laughs> That's not my job. That's not my job. If you want to add that to my job description and pay me accordingly. I already told the manatee guy no. So that's, you know. Wouldn't be fair. I don't want to sell like a double cent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And my, my last Indiana cryptid, uh, you might have heard of. It, I think I've heard about this back in elementary, but I can't remember. They're Pukwudgies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're also a like Native American folklore. Uh, so this is around Mound State Park, which is close to the center of Indiana. And I thought that I originally heard about it up in Indiana Dunes, because there's, like, dune creatures, too. Uh, but these little tricksters are Pukwudgies, and it roughly translates to Little Wild Man of the Wood that vanishes. So it's, like, it's a really long name. That's precious. It originally was a Native American legend. Puckwudgies can appear and disappear at will and shapeshift. They lure people to their deaths using magic or launching poison arrows. And they can also create fire. They're most often portrayed as two to three foot, foot tall trolls with porcupine backs. Native Americans believe that the Puckwudgies were once friendly to humans, but then turned against them and are now best left alone. 
Now these little devils are known to kidnap people, push them off cliffs, attack their victims with short knives and spears, and they'll use sand to blind their victims. Fuck sand. <laughs> Author and amateur archaeologist Paul Startsman claims to have encountered the Pukwudgie numerous times. Writing on his experiences and experiences of others in this book of the Pukwudgies of Indiana, which is a hundred and forty dollars on Amazon right now. I was gonna buy it. Because I was like, I need to know. I need to know. I looked everywhere. It's like super Uh. hard to find. It's not even like, I even checked like my, my low tier third store book sites. And it was just like nowhere to be found. So there's like one copy. It's probably the copy. Start a GoFundMe for it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? I just want to know because he's like obsessed with them. Uh, So Startsman's first encounter with the Pukwudgies was in 1927 when he was only 10 years old. Starsman says that when he was hiking alone on a trail in the park, he saw a little man half his size. It's <laughs> just a little person. <laughs> the little man had doll blonde hair that covered his head like a helmet, which left his round ears to protrude. Could you imagine being, <laughs> like, a, a little person? Or, I don't know the perfect term for that. I believe people. little, it just depends. It but depends. I think little person is acceptable. Is that, okay. Well, which, could you imagine being a person... With that, yes, and like you're you're minding your own business, you're out and about, <laughs> living your best life, and some little kid runs up to you and it's just like, Pukwudgie! Oh my god! <laughs> I feel, unfortunately, I think in the 1920s they'd be pretty used to it. That's true. <laughs> they'd be like, oh my god! Oh, like, fuck. how how many times must we do We're this? We're neighbors. <laughs> I, I babysat you. <laughs> Um, so that's all the cryptids I have. There was, like, one that was kind of, like, a Loch Ness monster-y type thing, but I couldn't find, like, anything on it. Um, other than that, what's your favorite thing about living in Indiana? Visiting other states. That is the only answer. You see, Indiana got ranked to the 12th worst place to live in the U.S., and in the number one worst place to live in Indiana... Bloomington, mm-hmm. our town, oh, because yeah. the wage gap. It was also the poorest place. Fantastic. Well, that is all I got for this episode of our Oddities Variety Special Take One. I don't know how it will turn out, but we'll know after one of my four <laughs> listeners lets me know. Do you have anything to say to sign out? I think we shouldn't fuck aliens. No. On the record. Um, you are... Also, shouldn't fuck manatees. Okay. Acceptable. And I would not fight a ten-foot snake with horns. What would it take to get you to agree to fucking the aliens? Paying my student loans off. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to prostitute yourself out to the aliens immediately. <laughs> Pay my student loans off. You just said don't fuck the aliens. Listen... <laughs> not for free <laughs> wait who's paying me is it like is, is someone goading me or is the are the aliens because I guess that's the thing if if a person was like hey I would probably be like no that's gross but if the alien was like let's bang sugar baby yeah. I would be like how old are you <laughs> first of all in your culture and he says a thousand and I would say great <laughs> that'll work that'll do friend and until next week, this has been the Pool Cleaner Hour, almost an actual hour. Yeah.